You're listening to The Rouge Report, brought to you by Young's Equipment, your Vaterstad headquarters. As this year's crop goes in the bin, it's never too early to plan for next year's seeding season. Vaterstad's seed hawk seeders are known for their ability to maximize the potential of your plant. Vaterstad, precise, reliable. Remember to go to youngs.ca to use the podcast code ROUGE, that's R-O-U-G-E, for your chance to win a rider's prize package. Welcome to The Rouge Report, presented by Young's Equipment. I'm Cody Fajardo. And I'm Isaac Harker. Follow along as we tackle CFL topics one point at a time. A Rough Rider podcast. Welcome back to the Rouge Report, episode 21. We got a lot to talk about today. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of things going on, especially with the election. We'll touch on that a little bit, but today is mostly going to be a lighthearted episode to try and keep the mind off of everything that's going on. Yeah, without a doubt, uh, 21 episodes. I can't believe we've made it this far and haven't got pushed off the air yet. <laughs> you know, that's that's good living for us. That means we're doing some things right, uh, election wise. Have you been following much? I mean, it's everything that's on TV. I I can't believe two things. It is a close race. I feel like uh, Laura said yesterday, she feels like she's watching a long, the longest horse race ever. And um, the other thing that I was really blown away was the election workers, just how much time they have to put in, um, you know, this countless hours going into the well into the night. Uh, Also, the crazy thing is some of these states might come down to a revote or revote, a re uh, recount, which if I'm an election worker, I'm like rolling my eyes. Like we just counted <laughs> for hours and days and now you want a recount. So uh, that could be pretty, uh, pretty crazy. Yeah, I agree. And it's funny you said that about Laura saying it looks like a horse race. because It's like such a serious topic and everybody gets so up in arms and the way they're like presenting it. It's like, ooh, a fun little map with numbers on it. Who's going to get to 270 first? Like, <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of like a, a very bad game show. You know, like, oh, do you want Wisconsin, a brand new car, you know? So, uh, yeah, you're right. They put the map up and all the colors and all that. And uh, I mean, it's it's entertaining TV, but, uh, you know, it's the livelihood of all of us Americans, you know, at, at stake. And they are kind of making a game out of it. So uh, but the media is just, you know, it can be crazy at times. And obviously some media outlets are for one side, some are for others. So for me personally, I have to skim through the channels and watch all media coverage. I can't just lock into one or else uh, sometimes you might be get led down the wrong path. Yeah. And nothing's more apparent than, than that because they've been giving such like drastically different numbers. And then the results at the, at the end, like where it's actually confirmed, you're like, well, no one was really expecting that or predicting that. Yeah, I think uh, Fox, I saw on my phone, they like predicted Biden to win Arizona. And then they came back and said, well, wait, never mind. It's it's getting closer. And so it's like <laughs> some of these people are calling uh, calling these states pretty quick. And you're just like, what? And and I, I was watching. I mean, I don't know much. And but I was watching and it was like, you know, say Biden had 38% of the state and Trump had 55% of the state, but Biden was going to projected to win it. 
And I was like, what? how does these percent or even vice versa? You know, Trump has 25 percent and Biden has 75 percent. And they're like, Trump's projected to win the state. And I'm like, what's the point of the percentage? If you are if you know who's going to win, there's no point in even putting that up. Yeah. And pe- people are comparing it to the 2000 election between Bush and Gore and like how crazy it was. And people are saying, oh, we won Florida. Oh, no, actually, we're we didn't win Florida. And then the other side's like, we won Florida. And then they're like, recount. So it's just like it may take a while to figure out what actually happened. That's worst case scenario to me, I think to have an election day and to find out that same day. Great. I can deal with the drama for one day, but to string it out over two, three, four days and just have people on pins and needles like that, that's tough. And the TV viewership is going to go through the roof. So I think that's why they would lo- love for this to go as long as possible. But man, it's uh, it's crazy times down here in the U.S. watching the reality TV show of the U.S. election. Yeah. And that's why I think we wanted to cover it real briefly and quickly and say thank you to the election workers. But other than that, try and give something other people to to think about other than the craziness. Exactly. And why do I want to go to that week eight in the NFL? Some very surprising games, some very uh, good football teams have emerged. My first, uh, I'll give you a few of my takeaways. First takeaway from week eight, the Steelers are legit. Am I right or am I wrong? Um, you are indeed correct. They beat the Titans last week and then they beat the Ravens right after back to back only undefeated team left. They look pretty solid. Second, uh, second point. Also, you owe me a a Dairy Queen blizzard, so (laughs) I'll I'll never forget that. And, uh, second point, the Vikings Packers game. A lot of people thought that the Packers were going to steamroll the Vikings because their record and the way they've played. But when Dalvin cook plays, I think he had four touchdowns. Like that is a much better team than what their record shows when they have Dalvin Cook on the on the field. Am I right or am I wrong? Um, I want to say like my gut tells me you're wrong and that that was a little bit of a fluke week. But at the same time, Dalvin Cook just looks so OP. Like he, no one could stop him. And with him in the game, it really frees up Kirk Cousins to play a little better than he has been. On, on a side note, before we get into this, a few of my other takeaways, how'd you do in fantasy this week? Um, you know, not great. Michael Thomas has really been screwing me. <laughs> he hasn't played since week one and week one. He had what one catch. Yeah. So, Ooh. I mean, it's just like, you can't, I mean, okay. Let's talk about CJ Gardner Johnson for the saints. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about that. That was, so, uh, that was crazy to me, <laughs> dude. So a couple weeks, Mike, Mike Thomas is coming back from his injury. He's about to come back. They're like, yeah, he's going to play. Thursday before the game, he punches C.J. Garner-Johnson in the face, gets suspended, and he hasn't really played since. And then, yeah. is he hurt? Is he hurt though, or is he suspended, Michael Thomas? Well, he they were listing him as active, and then he got suspended after he punched him. So now I think they're trying to like twist it the narrative so that it's his injury that's keeping him out. Got it. But here, here's my takeaway on this whole thing. Okay, the uh, DBs are constant trash talkers. And at that position, it's probably the only position you have to be able to trash talk because one play you can get taken over the top for a 60-yard touchdown and you just got to come back confidence and be like, I'm the best corner in the league, you know? So uh, they get under even my skin playing against RDBs everywhere I've been, just DBs chirping during seven-on-seven and all that stuff kind of gets under my skin. But to be able to pull somebody out of their mindset of the game and to get them to just kind of show, show their true colors and, and fight or swing on you. 
like you win the battle right there. And he looked like he had no idea what was going on. I saw a clip that I guess he yanked that. I think his name is Mims. Is that yeah, right? Mims. Yeah. Yeah. I guess he yanked his um, mouthpiece off his, off his face mask, the player two plays before and just didn't kind of sit well with them. And, and uh, he lost his cool and it's the first one to lose their cool. It was a huge penalty in the game. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, DBs are always going to do that. That's why when I get trash talked, usually I just smile and uh, walk back to the huddle. Yeah. And like you said, the, a few plays before it shows him just constantly yapping in Mim's ear, yapping in his ear, and then he yanks the mouthpiece off. And then the play later, Mims is right there. He pokes him in the face, like right through the face mask, and is just still talking to him, talking to him. And then a couple of plays later, it looks like Garner Johnson has no idea what's going on, just lets him swing on him. He's like, he's a professional pest, dude. <laughs> that is impressive. Also, I never got the swinging on a guy who's wearing a helmet. What's the end goal there? Breaking your hand? <laughs> I mean, that seems like the worst case scenario, but a lot of times people are a little bit smarter than that and go open palm and just try and like uh, hurt the guy's neck, I guess. I right guess that's the, the goal. Yeah, but he <laughs> gave him two good uh-uhs and I was like, ooh, okay, he's got a little right hook on him. But in all my years of watching football, I have never seen – usually you'll see a scuffle like happen between two people and then it breaks down to a fight. But never when the DB look or the other guy looks like, what the heck? I was not expecting that. <laughs> Dude, and then Mims, he yanks his mouthpiece off, gives him the two-piece. Well, after he after he threw the first one, he kind of ran away. He's like, this guy's going to fight me back. And he's like, oh, it didn't phase him. Let me get him again. <laughs> And then yeah. after, he's like pumping up the crowd. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? He pumped up the crowd. He threw his gloves on the ground for someone else to pick up. It was just a bad display by him. Um, and and quite frankly, he might lose his job. He might lose his opportunity to play football ever again because of one mistake letting one guy get under your skin. There's a lot of trash talk on that field, so much. And there's a lot of things that are said that get under your skin. But uh, if you can just let it go over your head and just play the next play, you come out the true winner because now they're thinking like, how did that not affect them? And now they're thinking about ways of affecting you through trash talk as opposed to thinking about, you know, the game. Yeah. And like, like you said, it could cost him his job. He's had 35 yards receiving on the entire year. That play, he gave them 15 yards. That's 43% of his yardage output, dude. So I mean, <laughs> it's not I love looking good for him. Numbers. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, back to the, back to the takeaways. Um, Who's going to get the first pick, the Jets, the Giants, or the Cowboys? I think the Jets look just too good at what they do, just like being <laughs> anemic, dude. I don't think they anybody are, can compete. Do they go 0-16? <laughs> Did you see what Dan Orlovsky tweeted about the Jets? No, but before we get into that, I Vegas is taking bets on the Jets if they will go 0-16 or not. Which is crazy to me. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's a good bet to take. But Dan Orlovsky, quarterback of the Lions, when they went 0-16, tweeted, my 0-16 Lions would beat the Jets 16 times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> I did see that. And that team was bad. That Lions team was very bad. But I I don't know. Uh, last week against the, the Chiefs, they kind of put up a fight. Two weeks ago against the Bills, they put up a, another fight. At what point does the head coach get fired? Like – how has he not got – the NFL is all about you lose games, you get fired. And I think Adam Gase is his name. I don't know how 
he hasn't got let go unless uh, they're just blaming it on like salary cap reasons or players or what. But I don't know. Like usually you can't lose that many games and not get fired in the NFL. Gase was the one who really, really didn't like Le'Veon Bell. The GM signed him anyways. Then Gase puts him in terrible situations like every every game. And so he doesn't produce. And then they're like, hey, let's trade him. And then no one's everyone's like, yeah, we don't want the guy who rushes for 30 yards a game. So then they just release him. <laughs> and now he's on the Chiefs on a on the team that's probably going to make a deep run into the playoffs as opposed to being on a terrible Jets team. And, and just the morale as a player going from the worst team in the league to arguably one of the best. You got to be like, man, this is this is life right now. I thought I was, <laughs> I was in the cemetery in the graveyard and now I'm swimming, you know, so. Uh, it's it's been crazy. It's been a crazy season. I I think the Jets pull one crazy game off. I really do. I think that they get one win. I don't think they go on sixteen. Sorry to break it to you, Dan Orlovsky, but uh, I don't know. They got the Patriots this week, and the Patriots haven't looked very good, which kind of leads me to my next point. All the talk about the best coach versus the best player. It looks like best player is overcoming the best coach. If you look at uh, Tampa Bay's record with Tom Brady and the Patriots record with Belichick. Yeah. And the, the Patriots just look really bad on offense. Like their defense was supposed to carry them. A couple of their big names opted out of the season, but Cam Newton, I mean, at week one, he looked pretty good. And then ever since then, it's been a, a steady downhill run for cam he just can't he can't throw the ball you know what i i mean i would i would argue to say that he looked good all the way until he got the coronavirus and once he got the coronavirus he has not been the same because early in the year i'm like dang cam newton's back and in week one week two week three like he was balling and finding ways he was running the football scoring touchdowns throwing the ball very well he got the coronavirus he comes back and he had like three picks or something and just hasn't been the same so is this a space jam situation where if you get coronavirus it takes your talents away from you <laughs> he needs mj's secret stuff dude simple as that yeah. and bugs bunny they the patriots need to sign the looney tunes and maybe they got a chance yeah who's uh, the monsters right now the steelers they gotta be right six and oh gotta be it looked pretty powerful man big big ben looks like a monster he does as a quarterback as a quarterback and Okay, have you seen the if NFL QBs were fat thing on Twitter that's kind of been blown up? <laughs> it is so hilarious. You could go ahead and talk about it, but oh my gosh, the Ben what they do to Ben is so disrespectful. So they put like various pictures of quarterbacks, like they'll have Kirk Cousins Photoshop him to look fat, Baker Mayfield Photoshop him to look fat, Joe Burrow do the same thing, and then they'll just have a normal picture of Ben Roethlisberger in the final frame every time. <laughs> if you're Ben, are you pissed? Or are you like, ah, oh, that's me. I'm I'm six and zero. I'm balling. I I really don't think he would care if he saw it. I really yeah. don't. Well, they had that viral video of him at training camp about, I don't know, it was like five years ago when they were throwing the bags at him and he was just elbowing them out of the way. You're supposed to dodge the bags. <laughs> and it was like, when you're the starting quarterback and you're the franchise quarterback, this is what you can do. And then like the rep before, it was like the undrafted rookie who's like working super hard. And like, if you're the undrafted rookie, you're like, oh man, that sucks, man. He could just do whatever he wants. And the crazy part is that's how he actually plays. Like if a sack's coming, he'll just muscle through it. Like he won't move around it. And that's, and that's why he puts on that weight. 
Absolutely. And it gets with guys like me, like, man, should I gain 40 pounds and, and just <laughs> sit, <laughs> sit in the pocket and, and eat these hits? Because he's six and oh, man. He, I mean, you can't you can't argue that. We could be um we could be the Muggsy Boggs Manute Bowl combo of the the league. You could be like two ninety and I could be like one eighty. <laughs> And and if you put us together, then you get the perfect quarterback. Is that what we're <laughs> if you average our weights and skills, we're the best quarterback in the league. Well, J- Jamarcus Russell showed up to training camp at 305 pounds. 305 pounds. The Raiders said, if you don't lose weight, we're gonna put you at left tackle. And <laughs> sure enough, he lost he lost weight. But imagine playing quarterback at 305 pounds. Are you kidding me? Dude, I wouldn't. My knees would give out at my height, being three hundred pounds. <laughs> Dude, you're making it. Out. You're making it two quarters, and you're done. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I bet you, I'm throwing the ball like eighty miles an hour, though. All that weight. Oh, he go. threw it out of the stadium on his knees from the goal line. He threw it out of the call, uh, the Raiders Stadium, whatever it's called, um, which is ridiculous. You know, to throw it that high, that far out of the stadium on his knees, man. 305 pounds worth though. But here's what I tell all my quarterbacks that I train here in, in a game, even in a season, the amount of times you throw the ball as far as you possibly can out of maybe 400 attempts, I would say four or five, it's gotta be under 10, right? Like think about all the games you've played. How many times have you had the time to just throw it as far as you can? Yeah. It's out of all the games, I've played a few games and like, I'm saying your entire career, your entire career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's got to be like under 20 times you're just throwing it as far and as high as you can. I think think last year, well, there's two instances I can remember I threw it as far as I can. One was a scramble to Naaman, and I let that thing go, and I threw it like, I remember you I came to the sideline, and you were like, dude, you threw that thing like 65, 70 yards. You had you uh, had the backwind, and you threw it as far as you could, and it looked like gravity wasn't affecting the ball. It just kept going up. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. I remember telling you, I was like, yeah, I, I, I did not expect it to go that far. <laughs> And then the other one was the West final with my oblique. I literally threw, I threw a pick on the left side of the left side, go ball to Shaq. I threw it as far as I can, but I mean, that's a little bit different because I just didn't have the power, but man, those are the only two times I can really remember just gearing up and throwing as far as I could. And that's two out of, I don't know how many times I threw it, maybe 400 times, but two out of that, which is crazy. Yeah. I got lucky last year in my limited playing time against Hamilton. I was able to throw on as high and as far as I could. And you kept it in the end zone. That was clutch by you. Did you hear what Caleros was doing on the sidelines? Uh Uh-uh. He said he was taking bets on whether or not I'd make it into the end zone. (laughs) He said he made some money because he was saying I could get it in the end zone. And other people were like, nah, no chance. So he said he made some money off of me. The only thing, if you would have came to me with that bet, the only thing that would scare me about Hamilton is the wind. You never know what that wind's doing. It's usually swirling. But uh, you you got all of that one. I was afraid that you were going to throw it out the back of the end zone and just throw it <laughs> as far as you can. But you, man, you landed. You gave us a chance there. And uh, that would have been a crazy sequence of catching a, a Hail Mary in your first ever playing experience like that. That right there would be truly incredible. I just remember what Coach Walsh was saying. He's like, for the first three seconds, he goes, don't even look at the receivers. Just look at the rush and try and find some space. So I'm just That's like it. staring at the rush. 
<laughs> exactly. That's exactly what you got to do. And that's a, such a great coaching point because what guys will do is they'll look downfield, but it takes them a while to get down to the goal line. Right. So um, you got to just navigate the rush. And I remember probably my favorite Hail Mary was last year when I scrambled out of the pocket and I kicked it and I tried to get a, a point. <laughs> a point. Uh, I've always wanted to do that in my entire career. And a lot of people ask me, was that like planned? I was like, no, I just felt like that was kind of uh, one of the quirky rules about Canada. And, and if I can steal a point there, that would be rather than throwing a pick going into half. That's a, that's a pretty good deal. I remember on the sideline, you rolled out to our sideline. And I was like, oh, yeah, baby, launch it. Bang. And then you kicked it. And I was like, oh, he's kicking it. What is this guy doing? <laughs> Get this guy off the field. It rolled It rolled in the end zone. The guy picked it up and took it out to the one. So, I mean, it, 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 we I had a chance it, there. I kicked it to the worst guy. And that's Daly, who plays for Hamilton. And he is probably the most savvy Canadian veteran db in the league like he just gets all the rules maybe if i would have kicked it to a young american db he would have been like uh, i'm not touching this ball or i'm jumping on it um mm -hmm. but man i kicked it to the wrong guy so if i could <laughs> do that play over again i would i would aim my kick better but i gave john ryan a lot of crap because i beat him in average punts i on that one punt i beat him by like 0.2 yards <laughs> and he was so upset but then he comes back with me and he's like well have you thrown a touchdown pass in the nfc championship game and, and you're like, like oh. yeah um, no <laughs> I was like this isn't fun anymore <laughs> <laughs> i was having a good time joking with you and now i'm not having so much fun <laughs> yeah uh one last thing uh in the nfl Tua's start um i was highly anticipated start everyone talked about how aaron donald would eat his lunch and he did i think it was the opening series maybe the second series donald has a sack force fumble but the the dolphins run away handily without Tua doing much. He threw for under 100 yards. Uh, they claim that Tua is the next superstar of the NFL. Are you on, on the Tua train or off the Tua train? I'm off the Tua train. I think the Dolphins um, franchise is now cursed, just like the Bills, because the Bills benched Doug Flutie for Rob Johnson. And ever since, they haven't had any success. And now I think the Dolphins are in for a bit of a curse. Aren't the Dolphins already cursed after all the Dan Marino stuff? <laughs> <laughs> they like, really might be dude could the curses cancel out and then they become this legit team <laughs> oh that's a good point i never thought about two uh two negatives being multiplied together big positive yeah big positive so i i don't see them they're playing the cardinals next week i don't see them uh uh winning that game but uh it's going to be exciting to watch two young quarterbacks i really like watching kyler murray i think he's got a bright future in the league um, so it'll be a bit exciting to see the future of the NFL with these two guys facing off. Talking about week nine, any games stick out to you that you are really looking forward to? Well, I just wanted to to talk about two for one more second because, like, yeah. can you think of a game where you completed 45% of your passes for 93 yards and won by 11 against a winning that, record team? And that that is my point I'm trying to make is he – they are the media is loving this guy up, but like like we talked about before, if you're a quarterback, you can throw four picks, win the game, and still be man. He's he's a great quarterback, and I think about this last year. Um, it was Ottawa. We watched their first game right against Calgary. Dom Davis wins the game, but I think they turned it over four or five times, which is unheard of against Calgary, and yeah. it's just. 
it's just one of those things where it's like, I remember the media leading up to it. They were like, oh, Dom Davis is going to, you know, rip through the Rough Riders, which he had an incredible game against us. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's just crazy that, you know, four picks kind of gets overlooked when you win a football game, just like under 50 percent, 90 something yards gets overlooked when you uh, win a football game. So as a quarterback, all you want to do is win a game. You don't really focus on stats. You just try to win that game any way you can. Mm hmm. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Direct West is a proud sponsor of the Rouge Report. Are you a busy business owner needing help with your marketing? Things like updating your Google listing, thinking of a headline for a billboard or making sure your website is in good shape. That's where Direct West comes in. Let them help with over 100 years of expertise at directwest.com. So week week nine, you thinking of uh, any games that stick out to you? Yeah, I think that Seahawks-Bills game, well, I mean, any game with the Seahawks in it is going to be like a fourth quarter, two-minute drill, like no matter who they're playing. So I'm scared for when they, if they play the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with, yeah, I, I, I like the Saints versus Bucks. Yeah. Round two, Brady versus Breeze, and the Bucks are have figured out their team. That, you know, with the COVID stuff, you got to think training camp wasn't as long as normal. So I, it took it took Brady a couple weeks to get the timing down with his receivers. And Antonio Brown should be active this week, so I'm intrigued to see how that plays out. Wow. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it could be if Godwin's out again, it could be an Antonio Brown. Uh, field day because they might double Evans and just let Antonio Brown be like, Hey, he hasn't played football in this amount of time. So let's just let him beat us. Um, but saints just find ways to win games. Drew Brees will find a way to make it close in the fourth quarter, mm -hmm. uh, no matter how good or bad the team's playing. And, and he was taking a lot of flack earlier in the year. And I honest, I have him on my fantasy team. I was thinking about making the big GM move and cutting him. <laughs> And that would have been crazy, right? But you look at the stats and he was getting like not very many yards, not very many touchdowns. But And so I was like, ah, oh, he doesn't have a number one receiver and Michael Thomas. So I'm going to give it a couple more weeks. And now he's really just been like, all right, GM, you want to cut me? I'm going to prove you wrong. GM, he's older than you by like, I don't even know, like 13 years or something. Yeah, he, he probably, I'll let him be the GM. <laughs> One of those conversations you have, like, how do you feel about this guy? Oh, you li I like him. Oh, yeah, yeah, I like him too. I like him too. <laughs> Player GM, like uh, Pete Rose in uh, MLB, player manager. Let's talk about that. Pete Rose, does he deserve the Hall of Fame? Um, I think he's got a Hall of Fame nickname for sure, Charlie Hustle. That's one of the coolest nicknames of all time, dude. Okay, I know, I know betting in sports is frowned upon, mm -hmm. but – the competitor in Pete Rose, the fact that he never bet against his team is not like he's shaving points or anything. He just always bet for his team because he's like, well, if I'm going to go out there and win, I might as well make some extra money working my tail off for it. Now, yes, it's a huge no-no, but if there was evidence of him betting against his Reds or against his team, then I think you have to blackball him from the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Right yeah. I mean, if you're betting against your team, that's like unforgivable. I think that's you got to be exiled from the league and never up you're for Paul, any anything like that. You're Paul Crew, right? Longest yeah. yard. <laughs> exactly, dude. You're going to have to play the uh, play the guards. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So do you think he deserves Hall of Fame? I do. I think. I mean, I knew he knew it was a bad idea and that it wasn't 
like that it was a huge offense, but at the same time, it did, it never affected his play. So, and he was, I mean, one of the greatest to ever, ever do it. He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame for sure. Yeah, that, and, and, and you talked about his nickname. I know you have a, a few things about nicknames uh, that you want to want to talk about a bit. Yeah, I mean, Charlie Hustle's got to be in the top 10 nicknames of all time for me. So I just wanted to go through a couple and see where you kind of rank them, what you think of them. Okay, yeah, I like that. Okay, okay, starting off, Jason Williams in the NBA, white chocolate. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, no, not a good nickname. Just because of the racial undertones, you just trying to be careful yeah. or what? I just, I, white chocolate, who, who likes white chocolate? Yeah, that, no, that's definitely true. That's definitely true. You know, like if you're going to eat chocolate, you're going to eat milk chocolate and, or you're going to eat dark chocolate. You don't just go out of your way to eat white chocolate. <laughs> so like for me, it's, that's more of a, uh, food undertone <laughs> for, uh, so basically I, I'm, I'm saying no go. Like I, this is how I'm going to vote. I'm going to vote if I would like to be called this nickname. And I would not like to be called white chocolate. <laughs> okay, before we move on, another chocolate theme, chocolate thunder, Dar Darnell Dawkins from the NBA. And you're just not a big chocolate, chocolate guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this one makes it harder now for me to, to decipher because when I want to be called chocolate thunder, <laughs> it, it sounds like a, a male stripper name. And I don't think I want to be known as chocolate thunder on the football field. Uh, yeah, I'm going to pass on, on both those chocolates. Okay, cool, cool. How about primetime? Ooh, I like primetime because that's like, hey, man, this guy just shows up. The lights come on. He shows up. I like primetime. That's up there. Top prime, three. Top three. Yeah, primetime's great. one of the greatest. Sweetness. Walter Payton. I like sweetness. Yeah, sweetness just sounds smooth. It's like this guy doesn't try very hard, but he makes it look so easy. And that's what I like about sweetness. That's top five for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, Paul Pierce, the truth. Oh, this is tough for me because if you're the truth, you have to game in and game out ball. And there's a few times Paul Pierce didn't ball. And there's a few times that the truth has said some falsely things on the media now mm -hmm. uh, about certain players. And so if you're going to be the truth, man, you got to live up to the name. I think that's a lot of pressure. Uh, and that's I, I would not like to be called the truth because as soon as the truth has one bad game, oh, man, you're going to get eaten alive. And uh, I've got another one, the glove, Gary Payton, for his defense. I, I like that. It depends, uh, obviously, the sport you play. Um, in football, I would not like to be called the glove, but uh, as a quarterback, because that means I'm wearing double gloves. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I think that's okay. Uh, I'm, I'm not a big fan of it. So I, I'm definitely primetime sweetness are my top two of that list. Uh, th chocolate thunder probably last white chocolate second to last the glove third to last and uh the truth probably right there in the middle did yeah, i miss it, any no no if i knew uh bo levi like close enough to where i could joke with him i would call him the glove but i don't even think he knows <laughs> i exist so <laughs> oh man well we have two good stories that i think it'll be fun to tell um my first one when i was in bc uh, I looked up to Mike Riley like very early in my career. I was like, that's who I want to be. That's the type of player, his toughness, the way he ran the ball, the way he threw the ball, like really looked up to it. Right. And after the uh, BC Edmonton game, 
uh, two years ago, I went over and BC one, I went over to Mike and went to shake his hand and, and the competitor that Mike is, you know, I, I don't judge him on this, but I kind of stuck my hand out. He kind of looked at my hand and just like jogged the other way. <laughs> and so I, I was pretty hurt, you know, I was like, oh man, this guy has no idea who I am. He doesn't care about me, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, but it was, it was great to finally be a starting quarterback. And when we played BC last year, to shake his hand and, you know, tell him that I, I've looked up to him a lot earlier in my career in this league and, and stuff like that. So it's just one of those stories. I know you have something similar, I believe, right? Yeah, with uh, with Mike or Bo? Well, give me both if you got two. That That's great. <laughs> well, I did, I did kind of the same move on Mike that you did because after the game, I, I had watched like any film I could get my hands on of, of Mike and I went up to him after the game. And I'm like, hey, man, love the way you play the game. Look up to you. Watch all your film. He goes, yeah. And then gives me a knuckles. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, I messed hey, up. At least you got some skin, man. I, I got left out there to dry. But uh, this is nothing against Mike's character. It's just no, who he no. is as a competitor. And the problem is us being young, young guys at the time, we're like, oh, man, this guy's a superstar. I just want to go like tell him like he's a good player. But you got to think when I was a starter and we lost a very tough game, all I wanted to really do is run into the locker room and be like, man, this is over, right? Yeah, and you so don't want their third string quarterback coming <laughs> over and being like, Cody, I love you. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, that I get it. I get it. It just hurt at the time. And obviously it stuck with me till now. But uh, I definitely got to put that out to the rearview mirror last year when we played BC and uh, got to shake Mike's hand and tell him how I felt about him. thought he was a good quarter, great quarterback and, and someone I looked up to in the league. Yeah. And I know my buddy, uh, Zach Klein used to play on Edmonton. He was a quarterback and he's like, Mike is like the coolest dude of all time. So I was just like, man, I just want to, I want to get in on the cool dude. Like I want to <laughs> meet the legend. What, well, give, later, me your later. Levi, give me your Bo Levi uh, story. For um, me. It was the same. It was the same thing as your first Mike one. It was just like no time of day. <laughs> like, Were you right, like no, no. Have you ever seen um? <laughs> have you ever seen Pineapple Express? I have, but the, I mean, maybe once. The scene where um Danny McBride's talking on the phone and he's like, "I'm looking right through you, buddy." Like <laughs> right through <laughs> James Franco. That was exactly what was happening. I was just like, "Oh yeah, cool." <laughs> You probably thought you were speaking another language, huh? Yeah, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I was like, like, yeah, no, that makes sense. Like, oh, that's cool, kid. How'd you get this uh, cool outfit? Here's an autograph. <laughs> he gives me his towel. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. How'd you get on the field, kid? And you got all this gear. Wow, you look like you're ready to play football. <laughs> you want to be a quarterback when you grow up? Cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Back to nicknames. My dad gave me a nickname that I actually really like. Um, he calls me the champ. And the kind of thing behind the champ was I won a champ state championship in high school, won a conference championship in college and got to win a great cup uh, with the Argonauts in professional football. So having a ring from all three parts of my life is pretty cool. And, and just when my dad calls me the champ, you know, it means a little more when, you know, your father figure, someone you look up to, uh, calls you the champ it's it's kind of cool so i think that's top of my list uh the champ um also i've been called hollywood in my career um because i'm from orange county la area area so i've been a big fan of uh the nickname hollywood you got uh any nicknames your family has put on you or, or other players 
Yeah, so when I was at Indiana State, this is kind of the nickname that followed me through Indiana State and then School of Mines, but not in the CFL. <laughs> but Rob Tanyan, who plays on the Packers. He's balling, by the way. Yeah, he's he's going to be a pro bowler. But he, he always called me Hark Daddy. So that has followed me through Indiana State, through Mines. Like I'm, I was exclusively known as Hark Dad or Hark Daddy. I will not be calling you Hark Daddy ever in my entire life. Hark but, Dad's fine uh, though. You can just you can just use that one, right? What about Hark Hark Son? Call you Hark Son? <laughs> Absolutely not. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's that's a a great nickname. Hark the Herald would not... be a decent one. You can't Ooh, give yourself I, a nickname. You can't give yourself I like a nickname. That. Yeah, you can't. So let's just say someone gave that to you. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, Mike Riley. Mike Riley gave he me a nickname, Hark the Herald. It's cool. Nice. It's just in. <laughs> Thank you, Mike, for the great nickname. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next question. It's kind of a little off topic, but I was thinking about this over the weekend. Um, I saw this. I don't remember where, but for a million dollars, could you last three minutes in an octagon with a grizzly bear? Oh, this is a great question. This is a great question. With a hungry grizzly bear. Okay. Let's, let's change. So he's pissed. <laughs> he's pissed. Yeah. Oh, okay. We've starved him. We've starved him for about four days, and then threw you 190, 200 pounds in there with this grizzly bear. Are you lasting three minutes? And what is your technique? Oh man, I want to say yes just for pride, but I really don't think I'd make it three minutes with a hungry grizzly bear. Like that's a small ring, and they can climb. They're fast. They're There's huge. The, a roof on the octagon though so they can't climb out because that would suck if at the at the uh bell or whistle the bear just climbs out of the octagon and you just stand there for three minutes like that's not selling i gotta yeah like he's I going gotta, for the crowd he's hungry he's going for the 200 people watching <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love what you're saying. it's like uh that's a, a semi-pro right when he's resting that's what oh that's what i got I got it from that when they wrestle, he wrestles the bear at halftime, but uh, just to kind of get fans and the bear gets on the loose. Okay. So there's a cage on the octagon three minutes, but you still got to give me your technique. Are you a play dead guy? Are you a, a try and run, try and avoid eye contact? Well, I know in, in school they used to teach, like if it's a black bear, you play dead. If it's a brown bear, you like get big and you're just like, Hey, you're not getting me, buddy. Like you just start screaming at him. So I guess I would pay. I would pay top dollar to watch you uh, trash talk a grizzly bear in an octagon. <laughs> oh, I'm being toxic too. I'm going after his family. I'm yanking his mouthpiece off. Yeah, are you throwing two two haymakers or just the mouthpiece? <laughs> I, I think I'm going for the mouthpiece. See how he reacts. If he uh, runs away, then I know I'm good. And then I'm just screaming at him, calling him like a coward. You can't get me, coward. Yeah, I'll call him like a cat, a cat or something. Like, yeah. what's a what's a what's a bad animal? Like, what does animals not want to be called? A salmon. <laughs> he loves salmon. <laughs> you're making him hungrier. You're like, you're a salmon, bro. And then he's gonna start eating his own body. That's actually Ooh, good. That's good actually plan. a huge brain. But I mean, like, push comes to shove, he's got me in the corner. He's looking hungry. You got to go for his eyes. Yeah, I guess that. That's it. Uh, what does Dwight Schutz say? The eyes are the groin of the face. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I bet you go for the two eye poke and he sticks his hand in between his nose and eyes and he blocks you. Are you oh. like, what? <laughs> are you I'm like, thinking, what is? This? Well, first of all, I'm less scared because I'm convinced it's a person in a bear suit at that point. <laughs> and you're trying to trick me. 
Oh man, I would pay top dollar to see that. So give me a time frame. How how long do you think you're lasting? Forty five seconds. Forty five seconds. Yeah, and I I forgot to mention we're gonna douse you in uh, fish fish meat so that you smell of fish <laughs> fish meat. <laughs> Oh, I've, I love a good fish meat shower, dude. <laughs> yeah, throw a little chum on you, and you're going <laughs> throw you into the octagon. You're chumming up the bear? Come on, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's great. Uh, okay, so this reminds me of a question. My friends always p- pose this whenever we're together, like, at a party or whatever. But they say, all right, it's it's the four of us. We're in a we're in an eight or, like, a 10-foot by 10-foot room with a leopard. All, all we have to do is one of us survive. Are we beating the leopard? Four, okay, so it's four on one? Yeah, it's four on one with a leopard. Are the lights on or off? Oh, the lights are on. <laughs> okay, if the lights are off, that would be good for the leopard. Bad yeah, for you no guys. question. No question. <laughs> okay, lights are on. You have to all attack. And once somebody somebody's going to get bit or clawed, they just cannot, they cannot foil or... or fold over and go into the corner. They got to <laughs> They can't go into the light. <laughs> no, they can't. They can't. They got to fight the light and they got to continue to uh, do it what's best for the the next person. I think if I if I get to pick my four friends, I could we could do it. No, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying it would I'm it wouldn't even be a contest. Like we're we're just like I mean, we're going to get in trouble for PETA for this episode, but you know, who cares? <laughs> Like the leopard doesn't stand a chance against four full grown humans. Yeah. And also you don't have to, for PETA's sake, we don't have to kill the leopard. We just have to tame the leopard. Right. Or just survive for the, whatever you said, three minutes. Like that would be, that would be cake. But my friends are like, no, the leopard would just maul us. It'd be over with. I'm like, you're I stupid. Think, I think the leopard's shocked when it sees four, four big bodies surrounding it. I think it goes in, in the shock. <laughs> four big bodies. <laughs> you're choosing the o-lineman from the browns aren't you that's cheating i would have to i mean (laughs) they the the leopard's looking at them as an all-you-can-eat buffet then he's looking at me as like a side salad so (laughs) i might have a chance to survive if they eats the buffet first and then me last yeah i mean that's true how long do we have how long how long do we have to survive like what's the end end goal is there a time limit or is it until the leopard or everybody's dead. <laughs> well, I was going to say that, but we don't harm leopards here. So I guess you just got to survive for five minutes. Five minutes. Okay. I, easy. I, not easy, but yeah, I'm coming out of there with a few claw scratches, maybe a bite mark on my calf, but uh, I, I'm limping. I'm limping home. I think you got a pretty cool, cool scar to go with it too, though. Yeah. At one hell of a story. One hell of a bark, <laughs> bark story. How did you get in a 10 by 10 room with a leopard? <laughs> with three of your other buddies yeah i don't know man isaac harker just placed us there (laughs) that would be must see tv no you fighting a grizzly bear in an octagon is must see tv over the four on one leopard in a in a 10 by 10 room without a doubt yeah covered in chum covered in chum baby (laughs) oh man so i do have one more um a little bit of a question for you Okay. If you were a pair of shoes, like your personality, you in general were a pair of shoes, what pair of shoes would you be? Ooh, that's an easy one for me. I'm I'm a nice uh van. Just an okay. old retro all white vans. That's all I really wear, uh, to tell you the truth. But vans are probably the most versatile 
shoe. You can leisure walk with them. You can run in them. You can skateboard in them. Like there's so many things you can do with them. I think that's uh that's that's me no brainer. I'm surprised I got that answer so quick because usually it takes me a while. But uh, that one that one jumped off the page. How about you? You know those like chunky all white New Balances. Those <laughs> the dads, the dads, oh, yeah. the, bar- the barbecue ones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's me, all the way, baby. Uh, I was thinking you're more of a sketcher guy. A sketchers like, guy, like a yeah. shape ups. Okay, I'm Joe Montana. <laughs> I appreciate the compliment. Yeah, I, I'm. I think you're a shape up. Here's why. I think you're because <laughs> I got nice little, calves. You're a little off brand, you know, but you're well known. But you're kind of off brand. Like you're not like a Nike or an Adidas, but you're like, hey man, we're over here. I'm over here. Like check me out. And I, you're and you're good at what you what you do. If that makes sense. Like Skechers knows their realm. Shape ups, uh, wheelies, like all those <laughs> things. That is you right there. You, you're good at what, your brand. <laughs> The fact that you called me Heelys, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit insulted. <laughs> Truly, I think I'm more of a New Balance guy. I'm the classic. I'm the Kawhi Leonard guy. Okay, but you said the chunky white ones. And yeah, dude. I, it, it was funny. I saw something on the internet. It was like my dad's shoes, and it was like the chunky white New Balances that were just like ripped to shreds. And it was like his mowing the lawn shoes, and then it was like a little bit dirtier, but not quite pristine and it was like his uh lounge around the house shoes <laughs> and then it was like pristine white and it was like his going out shoes and it was the same exact shoe just all different <laughs> phases of their life and uh, i thought that was pretty funny no that is funny i'm i'm a big fan of that i subscribe to that you are a chunky white new balance that's bad Art. <laughs> no that's I, bad. I, no i think it's clean i think it's classic i think it's versatile because I'm not really, I'll tell you that it's timeless. Absolutely, buddy. <laughs> you're gonna be you're gonna be selling off the shelves for years. I'll be 45 years old playing in the CFL. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good that's a good career. It's a good long career. Well, right. I think that about does it for uh, episode 21. Just a, a good old banter episode. I like these. Sometimes it gets us to reset. Don't have to always talk about football. Share some laughs and uh, gives me that locker room feeling, right? You, that's the one thing I do miss without the season is just being in a locker room, joking around with the guys and stuff like that. So um, I definitely look forward to some of these banter episodes as I do. I know a lot of our listeners really enjoy our banter episodes for the humor and uh, just kind of the insight of an everyday life behind a rough rider quarterback. Yeah. And like you're saying, it's just that locker room feel of like just saying whatever, whatever comes to mind and just trying to get other people to laugh. Uh, make sure you guys like subscribe and uh, give us your feedback on what you want to listen to more. And if there's any uh, guests out there that you want us to reach out to, we are in the works at trying to get some more guests on here that are not always just football players as well. So Uh, Look forward to that in the coming weeks. We appreciate you guys as always. Thanks for listening. Hope you uh, enjoyed today's episode. And keep your eyes peeled for a live call-in episode to where you can call in live to uh, talk to me and Cody, ask ask a question, and then we'll boot you off and answer your question. I do like, yeah, that's a good... let them know or let our listeners know early. Uh, probably our season finale will be a call-in episode, so we will be answering uh, live call-in episode uh, questions on an on an episode. So if you want to be featured on the Rouge Report, get your questions ready now, and uh, we'll have a lot of fun with it. Thanks so much. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Rouge Report, presented by Young's Equipment, a Rough Rider podcast.
You're listening to The Rouge Report, brought to you by Young's Equipment, your MacDon headquarters. When you're in the field this harvest, let MacDon lead the way. MacDon headers are built tough to deliver worry-free harvesting performance with any crop, in any condition, and on any combine. Remember to go to youngs.ca and use the podcast code ROUGE, R-O-U-G-E, for your chance to win a writer's prize package.